When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, what's up, Geekscapists? Welcome to our brand new Geekscape podcast. I'm Jonathan London, your host. And if this is your first Geekscape, well, I hope it's not. I hope you were like, wow, that Geekscape stuff is so good. I got to come back for more. And then I hope you want to go tell your friends about it by hitting that little share button on whatever podcatcher you're listening to this on. Or maybe you're watching us live on YouTube, Facebook, or Twitch. And you hit our share button there and you say, hey, let's get our friends in on this. You still got time to do that if you're watching live because we have a pretty damn good episode. Like we do it every week, we talk some pop culture, movies, video games, comic books, TV, and uh, we got a pretty damn good one here for you uh, today. We in this week we got a uh, John C. Lyons. This is a dude who, let me tell you, before there was a Geekscape, I met John over the internet because my film played a horror film festival in his neck of the woods. He went to see it. He sent me an email. We became email friends. Do y'all have email friends, or is it just this? Tiki Talk or whatever the kids have today, the Instagram DMs. Is that what y'all got now? We used to be email friends back in the olden days. And then we became Facebook friends. That's the evolution of email friends is Facebook friends. And then John went and made a movie that it comes out this week. And you should go watch it, especially if you're a horror fan. And uh, we're going to talk about it. It's called Unearth. We're going to have John here on the show here in a bit to talk about Unearth and putting it together. And uh, maybe a little bit more. So we have a damn good show. Joining me this week, too, is Matt Kelly of the Horror Movie Night podcast. I figure we have a horror director on the show talking about a horror movie. Jonathan London, as we know, even though he runs the Geekscape whole enchilada, he is a mile wide and an inch deep when it comes to the geek topic. So let's get a specialist for the horror guest. Let's get Matt Kelly of the Horror Movie Night podcast. It's also a featured podcast here on the geekscape network and let's have him on there uh but big yanks is over here on twitch and he's already jumped in to say you know what i have grinder friends so he went email friends facebook friends grinder friends he didn't even stop at myspace or any of that other stuff he says let's grind it up baby so that's what's going on here um i gotta tell you i watched a sci-fi movie over the fourth of july i gotta tell you um i hope you all have your fingers still i think people go into fourth of july they wake up on 4th of July morning and they're like, oh man, I love having all 10 fingers. And I think some of them, by the time they put their uh, heads to sleep that night, don't have all 10 fingers. Uh, but I hope you have all 10 fingers. I hope you made it through 4th of July with all 10 fingers. Um, but obviously Independence Day is like the 4th of July movie, at least for me. I saw Independence Day 
um came out in 96 and i saw it twice in theaters had to go back for more independence day after i watched it the first time it was fun and obviously you know former geekscape guest dean devlin wrote and produced independence day so shout out there um but what did i watch i watched this new movie which i liked in the same way i like independence day i watched this tomorrow war did you do you all know about the tomorrow war the tomorrow war is this uh chris pratt movie and uh i is this thing based on a book geekscapist can y'all jump in the chat and let me know if this thing is based on a book or something the tomorrow war has chris pratt um and he's like a uh He's a scientist. He's going to work on a, he works on a, He wants to get a job in a government lab. He's an ex-military guy. And he looks up in modern day, 2021, 2022. And the entire world suddenly gets like, quote unquote, invaded by humans from 30 years of the future who are like, hey, hate to break it to y'all. Hope you're enjoying the World Cup. But in about 30 years, we are about to be exterminated. Um, by invading aliens so we need humans from 2021 22 to come 30 years in the future and fight in the tomorrow war against these aliens because we just don't have enough humans anymore they hate us so chris pratt gets sucked 30 years in the future to fight in the tomorrow war and it's it's a let's just admit it's it's a silly silly uh concept um but I, I got to tell you, I had a lot of fun watching it. Um, to me, it felt like a Robert Heinlein book. It felt like a mix of like Tunnel in the Sky. I don't know if you read a lot of Robert Heinlein. It has some obviously some Starship Troopers stuff going on there because they're uh, fighting a giant swarming bug-like army. So there's that. So a lot of Robert Heinlein stuff going on in, the, in it. But it also felt like, I don't know if y'all remember this video game on the uh, PS2, maybe the PS3, it was definitely on the PS Vita. Um, Resistance Fall of Man. It reminded me of that game too, where you're like fighting in basically like abandoned cities, a bunch of aliens. But listen, movie's not going to win any Oscars. All right. It's not going to win any awards. Maybe effects. I'm just telling you, it's a fun movie. If you like Independence Day, if you like those kind of movies, watch it. I don't like using the word guilty pleasure around here. You shouldn't feel guilty for enjoying what you enjoy, right? I mean, Matt Kelly can tell you that. He'll be on the show here pretty soon, but I'm going to I'm gonna go ahead and give The Tomorrow War my endorsement because, uh, I don't know, I, I had a lot of fun with it. And you know what? It was an action sci-fi movie that Heidi stuck with the entire time. She was, she was into The Tomorrow War, uh, and Chris Pratt wasn't shirtless for a lot of it. So it had to be the story. It had to be the action. It had to be the fun. So uh, there's, my, there's my little endorsement for the week for y'all. Get that uh, Tomorrow War. It's on Amazon, so you should be able to to find it pretty easily there on that one. Um, have fun with that. Uh, looking at your comments, and uh, Big Gank says, I call them popcorn flicks. Okay, great. Well, tell that to your grinder friends, Big Ginks. Uh, all right, <laughs> enough of that. Um, speaking of the Tomorrow War, I find I, I usually fight a daily war with this next person this is matt kelly of the horror movie night podcast as we know him he's matt of east town we've talked on the podcast that they shoot uh they shot mayor of east town in and around matt's current neighborhood where he chose to buy a house and then he, the show came on where there's murders everywhere so um yeah there you go matt uh hope the murders haven't the daughter murders haven't happened a whole lot in your no in no, your no, neighborhood no recently no okay. it's been wonderful it's great over here um 
Good to see you, John. It's been <laughs> good a week. To see you, buddy. <laughs> uh, you know what? This is Geekscape 599, Matt. Do we know what we're doing for Geekscape 600 next week? The big Geekscape 600? I mean, I know that I've got nothing going on on July 16th. <laughs> and I know that we're starting a pretty important campaign on that day. We are. We're starting so, a blood drive. So I feel like maybe July 16th that... I don't know, around maybe 6 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard, 3 p.m. Pacific time. Maybe like horror movie night will pop on for a little bit. Maybe a little bit of Christmas 365 just to warm the audience up, get them ready for Geekscape 600 while we talk about the blood drive throughout the the few hours that we're, we're setting the stage for you. I, I think that could be a fun okay. Geekscape 600. Does that work for you? Uh yeah, let's have a let's have a, a couple show fo- live stream. You know, it'd be like a like a rock and roll concert where you have like openers and then you have the main event. I hate to calling myself the main event because I well, feel like I was going to say usually a whole collective Geekscape's like a collective. Geekscape is all community, but yeah, usually the best band or podcast goes last. But you know, Christmas Day no. sixty five and Hard Movie Night will gift that slot to you because it's your big six hundred. <laughs> Listen, are there <laughs> this this Christmas three sixty five have three hundred sixty five subscribers? Like, has it had has it yeah. been listened to three hundred sixty five times? It has. Talk to me about this. Yeah, or I'll, so, I'll cancel the hell out of it right now. So if it we doesn't actually, have three hundred sixty five subscribers. I will cancel it right now. We actually hit our uh, record highest numbers this month, uh, beating out our December numbers, which is insane. Whoa. Well, there you go, Matt. Christmas in June. Enjoy yeah, it. it really. Right. I think it was because we covered the final episode of Glow recently, which was a Christmas episode. We it did, was. you know, we just did an episode on this BBC show, uh, Inside Number Nine. Have you ever seen this? We, it's like a no. I it, I, I just celebrated the Fourth of July. I'm not going to listen. To, I'm gonna, not going to watch no BBC show. Come on now, they, Sam. Uh, would, Sam would come down my chimney <laughs> if you're talking about Christmas. Sam would come right down my chimney and then go put something up my chimney. If you know what I'm saying. <laughs> But yeah, no, they they uh, they were kind of like a slightly more fun, tongue in cheek Black Mirror type show. Okay. Um, but this this episode, all I'll say for the setup, I highly recommend it. You can get it with BritBox on Amazon Prime. But it's that you're watching what seems to be a old TV special about Krampus from the '70s with the director's commentary on, um, and it gets increasingly more weird from that point. Um, I'm intrigued. And yeah, BritBox is like if you access like HBO through Amazon Prime, it's like doing that. Like I don't uh, know BritBox is like all the BBC stuff, so you get all the British stuff. So but you, you have get to like subscribe to it through Amazon Prime, but you get a seven day free trial that you can cancel if you just want to watch this one episode. It's season okay. three. It's called The Devil of Christmas. Yeah, that'll um, yeah, be highly that's recommend. A, that's the streaming equivalent of pouring their tea into the harbor. Is like seven days free and then peace. Yeah. So off. actually, so. it's the most American thing you can do to mm-hmm. get that free seven days. Watch everything you need to watch and then cut it before they get a penny. Sorry, BBC. Not not in my household. <laughs> um, you know what? You should have fought harder. Uh, you should have taxed higher. You should have taxed like what they're taxing us now. Yeah. yeah we really that really came back on us in a bad way yeah. didn't it yeah <laughs> the british are laughing they're like aha they'll tax themselves higher uh okay so you're in pennsylvania i think our guest mr john c uh lyons i don't want to you're gonna call him john c Riley before this uh, thing no, is over no 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 no, <laughs> yeah. no i just 
I was gonna make his graphic, and it was gonna say John Lyons, but then I was like, no, he. In every correspondence I've had with him for over fifteen years, it's been John C. Lyons. Yeah. Well, he's and up I in Erie, Pennsylvania. He's, yeah, he's, in, he's, he's much further than me. But he's practically New York. Pe- Hold on, Matt. Is it the Erie in Pennsylvania? Because there might be other Eries. There's well, there's no, 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 Erie, Indiana. He either said that he's in Erie, Pennsylvania, or he's calling one of us Pa. So I think okay. he's in Pennsylvania. All right. I, I, you know what? The best way to settle this is let's just have him on the show. Yeah, let's uh, let's clear it up. <laughs> John, we got a couple questions for you. This right? is important. Yes. <laughs> None of them have anything to do with filmmaking. <laughs> is the John C thing like, <laughs> hey, I was here first in the same way that I at times call myself J-Lo and I'm not going to give it up. She might as well just be J- Jenny from the block as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> because I'm the J-Lo here. That's a, that's a really good point. Uh, my grandfather went by it, and I was named kind of after him, so I, I I kept it going. The John C. Okay, but when this John C. Riley guy started showing up in like the Paul Anderson movies and this and that, yeah. and I don't mean Paul Anderson like Event Horizon. I mean P. T. Anderson. Like, were you like, hold up, not in my neighborhood? No, no, I I, I appreciate it. Have you met John C. Riley? No. <laughs> to discuss something? Like discuss like maybe weekends? I mean it's like a secret club thing, so I'm not you know, it's kinda like fight club. I the less yeah. said the better, I think. Okay, so I'm Jonathan David. John D just sounds stupid. John yeah. D London. Yeah, that's why I don't go by Matt J. Kelly. Matt J. What's your Kelly. middle name, Matt? James. Got my dad's first name as my middle name. No, you'd have to be Matty James. Yeah. This so just it, doesn't work. If, Listen, if your band off the wall had hit big, I would have had you, you would have changed your name to Maddie James. So people are like, oh, my favorite in the band is Maddie James. The most confusing thing was that there is, uh, again, I, I mean, we'll we'll hint at this, that there's a Patreon on the horizon. If you can, guys can get us to $200 a month, Jonathan's going to sit through the entire off the wall record, which does feature a rap track by me. Uh, where I rap under the name Matty G, which the G stands for literally nothing. It just seemed appropriate. Geekscapist, <laughs> I've already said clearly on the show that the Patreon does not go to me. Not a single <laughs> cent of the Patreon goes to me. It goes to this guy, Matt Kelly, who does me the service of running our Geekscape podcast network. And I don't, you know, this dude is like, I think I'm going to quit my full-time job. I was like, not so fast, Matt. I don't know. <laughs> but this is part of his like multi-tiered, I don't know what it is, but he's going to try and stay off the streets. He we'll just bought a house. <laughs> he bought a house in Murdersville there at Easttown. And uh, we're going to, we're going to try and help him out. So the Patreon does not go to me. Don't even think about it. Um, but yeah, I will listen to Matt's high school band. <laughs> I'll do it live. I'll have the blood coming out of my ears from one of these very headphones if you if you uh, help Matt out on the Patreon. But we'll talk about that later. Now we're to talking say, to Matt, great great singing voice on the uh, on the theme song for the show. Great work. Oh no, that is not me. <laughs> <laughs> that is someone way better at singing than me. I believe is yeah. that Chris or Steve singing that? I think that is Steve from Punchline. It could actually be John Bellin, who used to be. In Punchline. Oh, that would make more I think sense. It might be John Bellin, who is. He's got that Gene the Werewolf. He is 80s Gene hair the metal vocal. Yeah. If y'all don't know Gene the Werewolf, Gene the Werewolf is fantastic, and they are uh, they're definitely like a, a rock. They're they're straight up rock and roll. Like they yeah. open for. I think he opened for. They opened for the Darkness once. Yeah, <laughs> so that that pretty much says it. Um, okay, so. Uh, a lot of people coming in saying like Elena, your friend Elena on YouTube says he's totally eerie PA. Like don't play like he's eerie PA. And Jim Morton says, John C. There we go. Yep. 
Oh well, yeah, he he may have thought you were John C. Ryan. Uh, and then Chris <laughs> Robinson, who's a very loyal geekscaper, says, "Did you say only two hundred bucks?" He just wants to inflict pain on me, and it's fine. We're here. Pays a couple bills. That's yeah. fine. Ain't paying my bills, man. It's paying your bills. <laughs> All right. So, John, um, personal histories. Yeah. How, we we never met in person until I saw you here at the Unearth screening that we had in Los Angeles about two months ago. Is that correct? We never met in person. Yeah, we had never met in person uh, until the uh, pandemic, until we opened the theater at the tail, well, in April. We're still in it, right? We're still yeah, we're, in it. We're still pretty much in it. Um, go get your vaccines, folks. Yes. But uh, I, you know, I think your film was the first film that I saw back in a theater, and I wore a mask. I sat next to my friend Andy Rattinger. Thank and you. Thank you. I love. I, I. It just felt great to sit back in the th- a theater after over a year, and only I think one of my friends' movies would have gotten me back in a theater early. Now, of course, wow. I had been vaccinated, but of course, like there was some trepidation about being in a theater. How are they going to handle it? Mm-hmm. Um, I think theaters have been handling it well. There's yeah. you know, social distancing and this and that. Um, but your movie was the first one that I was like, yeah, I got to come out and support my guy. Oh, um, man, thank you so much for that. <laughs> I'm so glad John, we got that opportunity. <laughs> well, John, the, the we met because I put gay by dawn in the eerie pa horror film the eerie right? horror fest yeah. eerie horror fe- horror fest and uh and you, you had a film in the festival as well or you were help you were helping run the festival what was going on there uh i mm, that's a good question what year what year did gay by dawn come out i think it, i think it would have been oh five although you played in festivals for like two years didn't you you were in we festivals for a long time it just kept it wouldn't stop I got requests for a long time, like, hey, I saw this in Florida. We should play it. Hey, I saw this at Dwayne We, I want to play it. And I just said, okay, like, play the movie. Uh, you, it's your problem now. You know, like, I ain't going I, I to be there in person. Uh-uh. Threats of um, violence? Uh, I sidestepped those by just not showing up. How many did you go to before you were like, okay, now I'm, but, now I'm not going to anymore? Well, I actually had trepidation of, like in all seriousness, I had trepidation because making a, a comedy called Gay by Dawn, it right. was like there's the horror fans who I knew would like it, and I believed that the gay audiences would like it. But I, but it was it was a lot of swing and miss until it played festivals like Woodstock and then Florida. Flor- when it played Florida Film Festival's Midnight Slot, mm-hmm. it it was like a dam broke, and the two audiences that I thought would like it, the gay festivals in the horror festivals started requesting it and they, they requested it for the next two years. So um, awesome. It got optioned. It was, it was a silly ride for gay by Dawn. And I still say things like, should we make a feature? out? Of- I would love to make a feature out of gay by Dawn. My producer would murder me, but, <laughs> um, but I'm into it. And as it says right here in, in the uh, comments, my friend, Sean Neal says, gay by Dawn has the best <laughs> theme song ever. A band called Loincloth, which is really just rearranged members of Dynamite Boy, with Sean being the lead singer and lead guitarist. And oh, wow. uh, and I think I think Sean's going to make some music for my next project, which we've started the cast. And uh, and so that, there's a teaser there. Could, I don't think I don't know if Loincloth is going to return, but maybe we make a game on feature. Don't not tell my producer about it. And um, and Loincloth returns. And I think if we have to make if I want to make the movie, and if we make it, I think what was cool about watching on earth john was seeing um how y'all just put this film together like any which way you could because you're in a similar situation to me that you're you're 
you're an adjunct professor, I believe, or uh, you're a professor <clears throat> at times, like I am. And, you know, we do some editing work, we do some filmmaking work, we do some stuff like online, and then we're just kind of staying creative and all these different plates spinning just to have fun. I love doing this, but you still want to make a movie. Mm-hmm. How did y'all start putting together Unearth? And like, it kind of had a, a bit of a long road or was it kind of quick when y'all started? Just a short eight year road. <laughs> oh, why? We don't have too many of those on this planet. What are we doing? <laughs> I mean, you have to be kind of insane, right, to be a filmmaker. Um, I agree with you, brother. <laughs> eight, eight years. I, I'm sure Matt, you know, can relate to to the story no, too. I just like, you're crazy. Oh, okay. <laughs> Matt's like, what's taking so long for these movies to come on my Blu-ray player? <laughs> yeah, I'm just sitting there and I'm like, I don't know, Sleepaway Camp looked like it took two weeks. I don't know why you need eight years. <laughs> that movie's yeah. perfect. And, and John, <laughs> what I think, what I think is cool about Unearth is that it is a horror film about fracking. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's about more than fracking, and I'll tell you what I liked about the movie a lot. I obviously, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a big lefty liberal it's no surprise any of the geek escapists but when it comes down to it what i thought was really cool about unearth um was i actually liked the farm drama a hmm. lot before mm-hmm. we even get into the horror elements um there was a lot going on there about selling family farms to factory farming but it and it didn't really have much to do with the fracking element yet mm-hmm. i actually felt like you got us really entrenched in the family dramas pretty well like mark lucas from buffy the vampire slayer is a father and he's got this uh farm that he's like you know what it's it ain't doing too well and we've had some hardships i may need to sell this thing and meanwhile you have adrian barbeau who's uh we all know her for i mean come on the fog (laughs) the fog (laughs) like she she's horror royalty that Mm -hmm. you got adrian barbeau in this movie um and she has a farm and she's like no 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 like if your crops are good, you got to stick it out. But if you sell that land, we're neighbors. And if you sell the land to, the, to this organization that is into the, that's just going to f- put in a fracking drill, you're fracking us all over because I'm your neighbor, and the mm-hmm. whole land will die. Which is the beginning of the the you know the horror movie because you, you it's a little bit of a monkey's paw, right? You get the mm-hmm. money to save your farm, but then who knows what lies beneath? Um, <laughs> Absolutely. Frac- yeah, how did this come to you, uh, John? And, and, and may I say, not even you know, you you co-directed the film, but you and you co-wrote the film. Mm-hmm. But when you and Dorota, your your uh, co-director, yes, Dorota um, Schwienz, how'd y'all come up with this? What is this? So it started after actually after I saw a couple of documentaries that really hit close to home. They were um, Matt might have seen these because they're PA based, but if not, definitely check them out. There's uh, Gasland, which I'm sure is the one everybody's heard of. Yeah, where they um, light the faucet water on fire. Yeah, which I, everybody I, remembers that from the movie. I think you know <laughs> that's a very real problem, and uh, you know we're ruining the water in our state. And, and also PA base is Matt. Remember Nick Gregorio and those that band of comedians who all went to Drexel University? Yeah, they did the uh, Happy Birthday, Harris Moulton and their, Green. Their yeah. DP Matt is who shot Gaston. Oh, oh, cool. Look at that. Yeah, 
So let's keep it in. They've been on Geekscape as well. It's like, it's kind of weird. Small, small, you know what? You do anything 15 years enough, you're going to like run into people. Right. <laughs> so, so it was Gasland and then it was Triple Divide. Uh, Gasland was kind of like my gateway into the situation. And then Triple Divide really went deeper and kind of more specific and showed multiple examples um, of what's going on in the state and why, and because of the deregulation and stuff. So those like really like scared me quite a bit and then really pissed me off. And that's when I started like outlining the script and then working on the script. And then I don't know if you want to go through the whole story, but it became, it was a Kickstarter Mm-hmm. Um, at a, in 20, uh, six, uh, 2015, we did a Kickstarter with a much lower budget. Um, and it was successful. We were 150% funded, but then, uh, like Mark Blucas came on board and Allison McAtee came on board and Jeroda and I were like, okay, maybe we, you know, because there were like 250 people across the world at that point that had went in on the Kickstarter and people seemed to be like really fired up about the idea. And um, so we said, you know what, let's go all in and raise the budget, hire all professional cast and crew. And let's see if we can raise the money for that. And that, you know, kind of to your point, Matt is that's why it, takes a long time because unless oh, yeah. you have like a rich uncle, you know, or something. So I, gotta, <laughs> I have a question for you just about, I mean, obviously the fracking totally makes sense on a farm. Like that's a, a good starting point, but as a, as a horror fan as well, I feel like in the last maybe 10 or 15 years, we've gotten a lot less of like horror films that take place in that type of setting. Like mm-hmm. I think in the eighties you had like critters, which almost entirely takes place at a farm. Um, all the children of the corn movies, the first cursed movie comes to a uh, cursed movie comes to mind. Like, were you a fan of those old eighties films too, where that was a very popular set for the eighties that kind of went away once you kind of got into like the 1996 scream slasher era where, you know, now it's like, kids in rich mansions and in like mm-hmm. you know gender gentrified suburbs <laughs> right like middle class horror in yeah. the 90s right um i have to say that's probably when i first started getting into horror is then and even much later i wasn't a huge horror fan uh i've become and have watched quite a bit uh <laughs> since working on unearthed but um yeah i probably the nineties, probably with the screams and, and stuff like that is, is when I think you, you, you do make a gateway. good point. Okay. Yeah. Cause scream, people... scream was your gateway. Gateway was, so there's a video that's coming to the Geekscape network uh, on the YouTube channel very soon about the movie Frighteners. Um, Cause Frighteners uh, was the first horror film that I watched where I was like, I want more of this. And my yeah. cousin was like, if you can watch Frighteners, you can watch scream. And he sat me down and showed me Scream. And when I walked away from Scream, I was like, I'm going to go to the video store and I'm going to alphabetically rent every single film that's in the horror section throughout an oh, entire wow. summer. And and I... Uh, what summer I, was that, Matt? If I were to build a time machine and stop this before it starts. Uh, oh, it's too late. But uh, if you were going to try, it would have been no, the no. summer of seventh grade. So okay. that would have put me... I want to say that would be 1998. Okay. Um, there was... A, 
You I are may have... you're, you are now my tomorrow war. I'm yeah. going to go oh, back no. in For time sure. to stop, stop to it. stop the stop war it, before it, it begins. Yeah. Uh, I I may have indirectly shut down a mom and pop's video store with my efforts because have you, I never what? told you this. Wait, I've never told you the story. Okay, no. So you, we just talked about factory farms shutting down like mom and pop farms. We can pause city. that. That's not important. I destroyed a mom and pop's video store. So what did you do? Matt started so, Blockbuster. Yeah. So you know, like when you would go into a video store, we'll even use Blockbuster as an example because it was the same type of deal. You'd walk in and they'd have all the new movies. And if you rent it, one of the new movies, it was like a two-day rental. But sure. if you went to like the older movies, it was a five-day rental, right? We all remember this? Mm-hmm. So at this particular video store, if you rented a five-day rental and you returned it the next day, you got a free rental. Well, what I discovered that summer was if that free rental was a five-day rental and you returned that the next day, the system didn't know that it was a free rental and it would just roll over into another free rental. Wow. Matt, you just rented one movie and then watched hundreds for free. For an entire summer, yeah. (laughs) Matt, that was was the streaming model. (laughs) I'm not mad at you. That mom and pop shop could have been rich. They could have been like, you know what? If we just get somebody to pay once a month and get all these people to pay once a month and just let them watch as many movies as they want, those and idiots. They the could thing. have I, been Netflix. I carry a lot of guilt for the fact that I that I did that. But the flip side is like, if a 13-year-old kid was able to crack that code, I'm sure there was some 20 and 30-year-olds who also cracked that code. It wasn't Blockbuster that cracked that one because they turned Netflix down. They're like, how is this going to work? Matt... <laughs> This is for a different episode, but I'd like for you to, like, at one point on Geekscape, produce the chart that shows the tiered list of all the things you actually feel guilt for in your life. Mm. And we should go through that on a Geekscape special. Okay, yeah, like, I'll work important. on that. I'll start piecing okay. that together Shutting for Shutting down you. the mom and pop store, like, you just... I, it seems like every time I have you on the show, you're like, eh, one of the things I feel guilty about. And I'm like, man, this guy carries yeah. a lot. Uh, I mean, I'm not sure if you watched any of the MTV stream, but I told aj the story of how i used to call my friends randomly to ask what their top five favorite musicians were and then at the end of the year i would tell them based on the survey results what their favorite band actually is so for a year of asking them that question okay so john talk about this movie <laughs> you just okay. there's no way i'm getting into that that is a can of worms that he's been carrying for 30 plus years and that is i'm sorry folks we try and keep the show to an hour i'm not doing that uh-uh. we got a lot to unpack here john oh man i was told this was a therapy session was i incorrect geekscape is katie will be back for episode 600 <laughs> um so, so john um here's a question yeah did you double dip these investors from your first and how did you do that i mean i'm just asking as a filmmaker who's done um crowdfunding before how did you I mean, is that what you did? You, 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 I think you were leading it to it. Once you've attached Mark Lucas, once you have a couple people, uh, more people attached, once you're starting to look at uh, wanting to do a bigger budget, uh, you know, mm-hmm. low budget union, whatever you want to do, um, did you then go to those people who you now had access to by through your successful Kickstarter and double dip them into another crowdfund campaign that had wider reach? Yeah, I I did not, and I I didn't want to. Um, I don't. Yeah, I was gonna say like <laughs> if you had done that, that would have been a miraculous miracle. Like, yeah. I don't know how you could have done that. We've because... kind of carried them carried them along through the whole process over the last you know six six years. Like these sure. people are amazing. That you know, 
it's kind of one of those things that, you know, you go in on good Kickstarters and bad Kickstarters, right? I feel like the bad ones are when I, I, I back a movie. I don't hear anything from the filmmaker, even when I see that the film is on Amazon, right? Like, and out there available. And you're like, what, what the hell, man? Like Mm -hmm. I backed, I backed this movie like with us, we always set out to be a goal with, with our Kickstarter backers and with our investors. Like I have a meeting with our investors every month, ever since they've come on board, which has now been years. And with the Kickstarter backers, it's like regular updates to let them know, Hey, we have decided uh, that this is an opportunity to make a bigger film. So we're going to use the initial Kickstarter campaign to shoot a proof of concept, which is what we did. And we're going to use this five minute proof of concept to prove like the level that we can get this film at, which is going to be, you know, exceed quite a bit what we were shooting. Like before we were just going to shoot on a DSLR, like a, you know, Canon. Sure. Any which way you can. Yeah. Any which way but loose. Yes. (laughs) And now (laughs) it was kind of like, oh, here's what your money is going to go towards. And this way we're going to attract a bigger budget. We're going to have a bigger chance of success, have bigger names attached to the film. And that's ultimately what we did. I mean, you know, we raised $15,000 on Kickstarter. There's no way you get Adrian Barbeau and Mark Lucas in your movie. Like, I don't think without, I don't think without asking for a lot of outside help, I don't think you get a movie for yeah. 15 grand. Like, especially not a movie that has the level of effects that y'all have. Like there are some really good effects there. Thank and, you. And, I mean, your movie, in writing it, did it also affect the script? Because once you started realizing that you wanted to raise the ceiling on your on on your production, you probably went back and said, okay, well, if we're going to put make some room in the production budget, mm-hmm. I think we should start exploring some more of those ideas, not just effects-wise, but narratively. Yeah, you're totally right. It, it was kind of like it opened the scope up a little bit. I mean, I can't say that we... You don't like, want to go nuts. Yes, yeah. you don't want to go nuts. <laughs> you don't want to write way beyond your means, but, you know, a little, a little beyond mm-hmm. your means for sure. And then we also, like, late in the process, uh, brought in Kelsey Goldberg, too, who helped because there's a lot of uh, women's voices in the script. And I didn't want to be, you know, that guy that's writing all these women characters and, you know, get something wrong. So... Sure. Brought her in to like do the, do the final polish and and make everything um, as cohesive as possible. And uh, but yeah, there's definitely things got shuffled and you know moved around and you know even on set because we only shot in 18 days. We shot in three wow. weeks, so there was a lot of uh, you know like lopping stuff off because we're running out of time. You know, even in on like 12 hours a day, it's like. 18, 18 days is nuts. Uh-huh. But how did you, because I I don't recall co-directing too much. I mean, obviously I like to surround myself with creative people and my producers are creative, my co-writers are creative, all the people I like. Creative people will only help the project. But how did you and Dorota uh, decide those things on set when you started to say, hey, we got to start making some hard decisions here? Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> that's a very aggressive schedule. I'm guessing you had Sundays off or maybe weekends off. Sundays, Sundays. Yeah, and, yep. and, but for the most part, you shot that in a in a three week chunk. Yep, six, six, and six. And so when this stuff starts, when you all have your your Sunday meetings of like, okay, here's the state of the union. This is what we got <laughs> in six days that we really needed. 
eight yeah. days for what do we have to cut in this what's next the new disaster right to, how, to how, do, how do we break the bone to reset it going into our next stretch um how did y'all if, if you had disagreements how did y'all decide them I mean, it's, you know, going back to filmmakers are crazy. It, yeah, it's, it's crazy. And you need like, uh, you know, a crew and a cast that are just as crazy as you and supportive because otherwise, you know, yeah. mutiny and then you've got a real, a real issue. <laughs> I, mean, there, I mean, I'm guessing there were some stress, stressful times. A lot. Yeah, a lot. Right. <laughs> uh, as far as Dorota and I, that's kind we fit well because um, we back each other up. We're, we have each other's backs. Dorota is focuses on um, camera and lighting and kind of the technical aspects. Um, and then I work kind of with the, you know, the cast and the actors. But then, you know, once we um, once one of us feels like moving on, then it's kind of like check with the other one. And usually it's make sure that Dorota is, you know, Dorota is like the, <laughs> the like quality control champion. So if I'm we got like, that, right? yeah, I, I we think got we, that. I think we got that. No. Okay. All right. Yeah. We'll, we'll do it again. <laughs> right. Okay. There was a, it was a camera hiccup. All right. <laughs> um, no. Um, again, what I said, I feel like the movie is in two halves, not in three acts mm. for the most part. Do you understand what I say mm-hmm. when I say that? Because, the first half of this movie, pre-drilling and post-drilling. Yeah, pre-drilling and post-drilling. Like you set up this this movie, and I really like this family drama stuff going on in the first half. I'm like, oh, these characters are interesting. These are realistic uh, stakes. And then when you see that financially, they're they're getting forced, they're going to get forced to do something drastic, and probably lie to each other about having done it. But hopefully and, you understand the motivation, right? Absolutely. Like, yeah, you don't blame anybody for anything. You just you, you, I mean, you're, it's pretty safe to be sitting in a movie theater and not have a family to support or a farm to support and be like, man, you're making the wrong decision because mm-hmm. you're just going <laughs> to leave the movie. Th- like, but like, I get it. Like Mark Lucas's character who has this, has daughters to support in a farm to run by himself. Right. Like, you know, and he has a, a, a different life he may want. Yeah. Um, he's got a failing, he's got a failing business. Yeah. It's easy for me to be in the theater and be like, don't like that. Nope. <laughs> Don't be selling your farm, man. They're going to get that fracking in there and then all sorts of creepiness is going to come out of that ground and make you infected and you're going to be nasty. Uh-uh. you be dripping goo by the end of this movie. You don't want to be selling none of that. It's easy for me to say, but I feel like y'all handled that really well. And then obviously, the movie's in two halves once the drilling starts. So, you know, people start drinking. Don't drink that water. Yeah. yeah <laughs> don't was, be drinking that water. <laughs> to, to what to your point, I mean, that was always like so important. I, I don't know if Matt feels the same way, but I kind of feel like the horror films that stick with me that I kind of list as my favorites, they're all, um, for the most part, like character driven so that you spend time. M- maybe Matt's not the same. <laughs> may, may, maybe. I mean... I uh, one of my favorite horror movies of all time is Alligators, so I don't really know if they're (laughs) that's a character driven, but no, I mean it depends on if you're an alligator or not. Yeah, that's true. I really do relate to the alligator. I'm Uh, just hungry. I'm just hungry, and I I have a bad apartment. That's but no, I I agree. I think that the ones that you don't forget for good reasons, the ones that you the ones that you love because they're you know Friday the Thirteenth Five, A New Beginning, and you just love the guy with his damn enchiladas like that resonates for one reason, but something like 
you know, like the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, mm-hmm. it takes a good 45 minutes where you're just hanging out with these teenagers and everything just seems slightly off, but you're, you have a suspicion because the movie's called Texas Chainsaw Massacre mm-hmm. why it feels like it's off. But like until what I still consider to be one of the greatest reveals in any horror movie when, you know, they walk into that house and that oh, yeah. metal door throws open and you see Leatherface for the first time. You're just like, oh, shit has gone wrong. Yeah, like, like, okay, this has changed. See, see, now you guys are from Pennsylvania. Growing up in Texas, I was like, oh, that's just like going to visit the neighbors. Have you? You Because I know you're from Austin, John, and I go there for Fantastic Fest. So one of the times that I went there, I made the trip to the barbecue place that they have at the gas station from Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Have you, uh, I've never been to the get to, I've, I've, seen, I've been to the house. That's like a tourist attraction driving past yeah. the house, but not the gas station. Yeah. If you go to the gas station, they have a bunch of the old props, including the original van is still out there. Uh-huh. But when you walk inside, that's cooler, that's cooler than driving past the house. Oh, for sure. You yeah. walk inside, it's filled with memorabilia from the whole franchise. But wow. yeah, they they just make barbecue ribs, and you can just get a plate of ribs oh to go home, which is uh, great because it's a cannibalism movie. Uh, so really I don't just... know. I don't know if I'd be in the mood for that. Oh, I uh, um, so wow. I I went on the the trip that they did for that, and I feel so bad because I cannot remember this dude's last name. But there was an older gentleman that was on this bus ride, and I'm like. It feels weird that this guy is like, it's a bunch of like 20 year olds and this guy. So I started talking to him because we were on a bus. It was like an hour bus drive to this place. And he's like, yeah, you know, I've, I've always been a fan of these types of horror films ever since I used to make some. And I'm like, oh, you made some horror movies. He's like, yeah, he's like, I made Maniac Cop or he's like, I made Maniac and I made uh, Uncle Sam was one of mine. And I'm like, you oh my God, this is William. Uh, it starts with an S. I can't remember his last name. Whoa. It's going to drive me nuts. In that first Maniac that's like all told in a POV, that was his movie? Uh, Am I right I with that? Maniac was no, the remake. Movie? The remake was all in okay. a POV. But yeah, um, I knew that it was a remake. I didn't know if the original was POV as well. William Lungston. It was William <laughs> Lungston who did... And he was did... just hanging out being like, how are these ribs? Yeah, he, he made Maniac, Maniac Cop, Maniac Cop 2, Maniac Cop 3, and then he made uh, Uncle Sam was his last movie Dang. with the holographic cover where... <laughs> It was it was the I want you Uncle Sam poster on one side, and then when you turned it, the face became a zombie face and said to die across. I remember it very well. Blockbuster (laughs) wouldn't carry that, but the mom and pop shops would. I was just in a shop uh, on Saturday. Matt, you would love this when you come back to LA. Uh, We know that they're in uh, they're pretty much extinct now, but the the independent video stores. There's one in South Pasadena next to this place we went to on saturday called we went to a place called republic of lucha because my brother's obviously a wrestler yeah so it's next to republic of lucha which is a cool store they've got a lot of lucha libre stuff a lot of wrestling stuff up and we went there to take a look uh and next door they have that that south pasadena video store is awesome so Hmm. if you remember uh kyle kuthka who is the person who co-directed the horror movie night pilot with me okay he lived in pasadena and one of the last times I came to hang out where I was hanging out with you, he picked me up from your house for a day and we went to Pasadena to go to that video store 
And then he showed wow. me where the Michael Myers house is, like all the different Halloween Thanks spots for the invite, were. Matt. Thanks for the invite, Listen, Kyle. John, because I have listen, other friends besides you when I'm in I Los want Angeles. to tag along. <laughs> I, and I was like, when Matt comes back out here, I should take him. But you know what? You've already been out here. Go enjoy your hey, own. You, you I, know, go bankrupt somebody else. Listen, let's talk about the fact that I had a friend. Friend. Uh, he's a better friend now than when I was in L.A. I'd That's never right. met him before. He was a dude on the internet that I had interviewed for the podcast. He was willing to drive from Pasadena to Los Angeles, pick up a stranger, drive back to Pasadena, hang out for a few hours, and then drive back to Los Listen, Angeles, drop me I off, and return to Pasadena. <laughs> Pasadena's Los Angeles. All right, pal? Don't act like he's a saint. Okay, pal? It's, it's, All right. Listen, I mean, it's not... Los- I was going to say, it doesn't matter where in Los Angeles traffic. It's a it's a 30-minute drive, yeah, no matter yeah. how you cut it. Um, yeah, I mean, John, I've met him on the internet. And yeah. I did not meet John until two months ago watching I this I stalked you movie. into friendship. So, And Geekscape, is, the movie comes out this week. We're tomorrow. recording the 5th. It comes, comes out, out on the 6th. Yeah. Like, this is the movie you got to watch this week. Because I'm guessing you already watched that Tomorrow War. Uh, <laughs> But honestly, like if you're a horror fan, you're probably gonna want Unearth instead of Tomorrow War. Uh, so if you like a go good slow burn, if you like a slow burn, like in the '70s throwback style, um, I'm wearing my alien hat right now, and that's one yeah. of my favorite get to know the characters. That is, yeah, that is a movies. One. Um, speaking of the '70s, we got to talk a little bit about the news that just went down before we started the show. Um, we lost Richard Donner um richard donner director of one of my favorites of all time and i still think the first 30 minutes of this movie is the best superhero footage ever put to anything to any footage um richard donner uh passed away today and uh you know he lived a good life he was 91 let me carry the one he was 91 Mm -hmm. and uh i guess my first richard donner movie was superman but i honestly uh superman and then superman 2 but I mean, from the Goonies, Lethal Weapon, Lethal Weapon 2, which is arguably better than Lethal Weapon 1. Uh, I mean, I, know... I need to give a shout out to, obviously, the combination of being a horror fan and running a Christmas podcast, oh, Scrooged. Baby. Just I mean, watched Scrooge, it in December again. <laughs> it's it's a it's perfect fantastic. horror comedy. It is so good. It yeah. might be right. Be- this is a weird sentence, but it's Geekscape. It's right behind the Muppets for the best adaptation of the Christmas Carol. <laughs> like I, we just watched Scrooge in December, um, and Danny I had Elfman to... score is insane. The in thing that is movie just too. incredible. <laughs> but Richard Donner is just one of these directors that, even when he wasn't active, his wife Lauren Schuler Donner was a huge part of the X Men series mm-hmm. I, I think it's his daughter uh, i think it's his daughter um but uh yeah the the whole time we're just i mean it just feels like he was also what's the name of this twilight zone episode he directed with william shatner nightmare at uh 34th street where he sees the gremlin on the yeah 30,000 sorry nightmare at, at 30,000 30, feet. feet like that is classic he directed that classic twilight zone episode um, well, I mean, even if we're going to dig even, even deeper, like, you know, horror director a little bit, obviously Scrooge falls into that horror category, but did the, the first Omen movie. Omen. He was mm-hmm. the executive producer on the Lost Boys, as well as the Tales from the Crypt movies, mm-hmm. uh, Bordello of Blood and Demon Knight, which I think are both really fun movies. Mm-hmm. And then executive produced the first X-Men movie. He also he executive produced X-Men Origins Wolverine. We won't talk you about know what? that. You can't hit all of them out of the park, friends. <laughs> 
All right. I, I even think his last movie, I don't remember it being super well received, but I thought 16 Blocks was a really fun movie. Yeah, and there are people who will argue is the best Bruce Willis performance. Yeah. Him and most deaf are fantastic in that movie. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Lauren Schiller Donner was married to Richard Donner. Uh, she was nine. She is 19 years younger than him. So I'll, I'm sorry about all the confusion about whether or not he was, she was his daughter, but this is Geekscape. Jonathan's made many mistakes. Please don't cancel me later on. Um, and I also remember Lauren Schiller Donner as, uh, I think I was at a test screening for a film at Universal that we were working on and they told us to turn off all our phones and I put mine on vibrate and it was not good enough for her. She was sitting next to me (laughs) and I put it on vibrate and as I put it on vibrate, it vibrates and she goes, doesn't sound off to me. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, you know what? I respect that. that. Those first two X-Men movies were pretty good. I will turn it <laughs> off now. <laughs> um, John, I mean, I've actually never seen this movie, but I have a feeling it's it's a film that you grew up on. I mean, okay. also uh, was the uh, director and producer of Lady Hawk. Uh, Lady Hawk <laughs> is fantastic. And Lady Hawk is also an example of a movie that is a fantasy film with a modern score. Lady Hawk is great. I mean, I don't know if you're a fan of Lady Hawk, John. I don't think I've seen it. So yeah, I, I recognize the name, but I don't think I've ever seen this either. It's 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 Matthew Broderick and Mich- okay, and so like he's like a little thief. He runs around the castle and some of that. So you've got the lady of the castle, Michelle Pfeiffer, and she's not going to marry this wizard. So the wizard curses her because she's actually in love with. Oh, you're going to kill me for this one, bad guy in Blade Runner. Yeah. Oh, uh, Rutger, Rutger Hauer. Hauer. Rutger Hauer. So Rutger Hauer, I think, is like a knight and falls in love with, like, I think the queen, uh, Michelle Pfeiffer. So Michelle Pfeiffer and Rutger Hauer love each other, but this wizard curses them and says, hey, you can't be with me. He's like the original OG neckbeard, right? And he's like, if you can't be with me, you can't be with each other. So he curses her to be a hawk during the day and he to be a, like a wolf during the during the night. And so... Whenever they're human, they're human for like 10 seconds during dusk and dawn. And then and they'll never be together. And they and somehow they secret this from dusk to, till dawn. Some may say. Yeah. Yeah. So, so they can't so they can't be together. One's always a, a wolf or one's always a hawk. And so Matthew Broderick helps them break the curse. And it, Lady Hawk's great. So Matt, what I would love really hard. What part in the story uh, does the sword play? Because the sword takes up most of the poster. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's got to be some sword, some swords uh, swinging. I mean, the, the, even like some of his lesser movies were still fun. Like Maverick with Mel Gibson is fun. And uh, speaking of sword swinging, Timeline was the movie they did with Paul Walker where they went back in time. The same way I'm going to go back in time to the late nineties to stop Matt from discovering <laughs> horror movies. Like those are all you, fun movies. I like when you assassins said timeline. conspiracy theory. I, I yeah. He did assassin, a conspiracy theory with Mel Gibson and Julia Roberts. And mm-hmm. then assassins. I saw assassins in, in the theater and, uh, and it still gave us my favorite Antonio Banderas meme. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> he also did. I mean, we won't, we won't uh, give him too much crap for this, but he also made, the uh, film that aged terribly and didn't age well when it came out, The Toy, starring uh, Richard Pryor. Yeah, you know. What? But then he followed it up with Goonies, so that was a yeah. good, it was a good <laughs> comeback. He's like, I thought that one was for the kids. No, this one will be for the kids. Yeah. Here's, I mean, uh, Goonies. 
did he did he also by extension by doing the Goonies? Did he also direct the Cindy Lauper music video for Goonies <laughs> Are Good Enough? Uh, maybe, yes, maybe. yes, he did. Oh, it says like he huh? had uh-huh. He was on the spano, go crazy two. in the kitchen. Yeah. Oh man, everybody's in there. Hot Rod pops up. It's like every heel in 80s wrestling is in that Goonies <laughs> music video. It's great. <laughs> so I, I would, I love Richard Donner just for that. Um, <laughs> he definitely, he de- definitely came from like the remnants of a studio system mm-hmm. where he was doing a mix of different genre films. And so when he did get to the 80s, when it was the heyday of the blockbuster and he was making blockbuster movies like Lethal Weapon, um, he was still doing different genre stuff. He still went on and did a Western. He still went on and did like a fantasy movie like Lady Hawk. Um, yeah. Richard Donner was the man. And yeah, he's his, got a those great first filmography. Yeah. Great filmography. 82 directing credits. I mean, and it, he's all across the board, like you're saying. Like, that's really, yeah, respectable. Mm-hmm. Not too so many Rick, built like Richard Donner, for sure. And people love that that superman 2 that is the richard donner cut not the richard stanley cut um people love it's a richard stanley that i don't know if it's richard stanley that's the island of dr moreau it was island of dr moreau um it was uh oh hard day's night i was saying that director yeah, richard La- lasser R- richard lester richard lester yeah so go. i think superman 2's good i so there's parts that i prefer to superman one but the first 30 minutes of superman one is the with the mario puzo's script and just how economically they get from krypton to earth and they have the smallville sequences and pa kent dies that is the best superhero 30 minutes of any film anytime i think that the norman rockwell looking smallville and just those frames that he was using the, like the wide shot of Martha Kent and Clark standing there with the farm in the background. That's a painting. And this, they don't treat superhero movies like that anymore. They treat them as genre affair. And he didn't do that with the first, with at least the first 30 minutes of Superman. Once it, once they get to Lex, it gets a little silly, but those first 30 minutes were fantastic. And to think that they basically shot Superman one and two together is amazing. Yeah. I would love to see those movies cut How? together and whatever they were supposed mm-hmm. to be. I, I mean, I'm sure that there's tons of information out there, but uh, I always knew that like Richard Donner was removed from Superman two, and I knew mm-hmm. that someone new came in. Richard and Lester. then like yeah. I don't really know who that is. I just looked at his IMDb credits and how did that guy become yeah. the person that they were like, hey, do Superman 2. You crush it on those Beatles movies. Yeah, you crush <laughs> it on a hard... And I, I think hard, hard Day's Night's cool. And what's cool No, they're about, fun. He did I'm not going to knock, I'm not gonna he, knock Richard Lester because you still have... You still have directors, you know, doing... You know, like, if you watch the beginning of Train Spotting, that's Hard Day's Night. Like, yeah. he's still doing some pretty great stuff. But... How he gets a Superman 2 movie? I don't That's, know. I was like, look at it. Then I'm like, there is nothing, like at least for the Richard most Donner part. shot a lot of Superman 2. Yeah. Like, I, I just think, like, even with the the current modern day Marvel system, right? They are farming a lot of these, like, small indie filmmakers or up and coming filmmakers. But, like, the, the connective tissue makes sense. You're like, of mm-hmm. course, James Gunn is going to do like a suicide squad or guardians of the galaxy. Cause that like totally fits into like his start at trauma and the types of movies he made leading up to that. Like he could have fun with that. I don't see how you're watching like 
help and you're like i think this guy is ready for a super <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I would be interested to find out how what percentage of Superman two he he ended up directing. Um, if he just went he to an Superman editing room three and, after it, so. yeah, he did Superman yeah. three right after, which is and the then worst. The wheels, of the, the wheels came, the wheels came off the bus. Oh, for sure. So on that one. Superman um, four is a blast though. When Cannon got their grubby little hands on it, and they're just like, so let's get I, really ridiculous. I think the story with Christopher Reeve was, we'll let you direct it if you do it. And because yeah. Christopher Reeve was like, guys, I think I'm done. <laughs> Chester Man three was that was some bullshit. <laughs> and I think they were like, hey, you want to direct? We'll let you direct Superman four. And he's like, OK, well, uh, I'm not I'm not I, I'm a lefty liberal. So let's just have it like anti nuclear war. And he yeah. throws a bunch of nukes into the sun and then nuclear man shows up and they're like, well, OK. I think That's one fair. of the one of the few times that I can think of, and you're gonna think I'm crazy, but I'm actually very serious about this. Okay. One of the few times where they were like, "Look, you can direct it, star of the movie, so long as you do it." That actually turned out to be a really good movie was Psycho Three, where they let Anthony Perkins direct it. Is a shockingly effective in Psycho Two. Like, is what you're saying? No, Psycho Two is very Psycho good. Two or three. Same. Psycho 2 is extremely good. Okay. Like Psycho 2, I think people give it a lot of shit because obviously it's not going to be better than Psycho. But the premise sure. of Psycho 2 is fascinating because the concept is I think it came out in like 80, maybe 84, some something like that, like X amount of years after the decades. first Psycho. Yeah. yeah, decades after. And the concept is like from the time of Psycho to Psycho 2, Norman Bates has been getting consistent therapeutic help and he is like completely a normal guy released back into society and it's about how no one trusts him and people are trying to fuck with him to make him go back to being a killer so he can get locked up again because no one trusts have it and it's like this really deep like psychological movie about like how we treat the yeah that's part two and then three is just like a straight gore fest but it's it's a it's a good time Four is him just calling into a radio station and telling his origins of how he became a serial killer. It's really bad. I had but no it was idea Mick there was a Mick psycho Garrett two. That one. <laughs> I, I, I knew there was a psycho two and three because the Anthony Bates covers in those mom and pop video stores. I was like, yeah. oh, but I never watched Fast Psycho because it's. I, I mean, it's a masterpiece. It's you're not going to improve upon we, it. We we were somewhere and they were showing that tennis clip from Strangers on a Train, and I was like, this. We got to watch this movie. It's so good. <laughs> um, well, Geeks gave us, this is why we have you here listening. We want you all to go support John's movie. John's been a supporter of mine for, oh, since years before Geekscape. This guy, like you sent me these emails saying you enjoyed my movie. It meant the world to be John. Like uh-huh. broke, couldn't get arrested. I mean, I started pretty much started Geekscape and started podcasting because I couldn't get arrested out here <laughs> for my stories. So I started podcasting and building it from the bottom up. Um, but like emails like yours, and there weren't a lot of them, uh, were like those were things that really meant a lot for me, dude. So having you on the show and supporting you on your first feature film, it, like this is great. This oh, is really thanks, cool. I'm man. super proud of you, man. I'm super proud of you for for making this. And uh, I don't think it'll be another eight years till you make another one. Yeah, I hope not. We got a, We got a few irons in the fire now, so... Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, fingers fingers crossed. 
co-directing again just to make sure that the gate is clean or like oh yeah you know? for sure okay. absolutely you, you enjoyed the the directing with dorota yeah yeah definitely yeah. it's good to have some you know if, if you're the guy who's like okay what's what's this mean there's got to be somebody who's like yo is that even in focus dog <laughs> like <laughs> hey i think the dolly skipped a little bit on that last one we got to do it again <laughs> i need to be kept in check <laughs> Yeah, just pure enthusiasm, and I let's do the art. It's like, oh, let's do the art, but there's also some commerciality that we have to keep. Everybody, so we're gonna be professionals. That's great, and um, and you you think you know what that project is, or those next couple projects are, John? Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm I've been writing one through COVID, um, and there's a couple other people writing some stuff too. So yeah, there's there's some options. We'll see. Okay. We'll be pitching them here real soon. So, <laughs> what's the best place for people to find you, um, so that you can uh, stay up to date with what John's doing? I know I'm going to stay up to date with him. I've been, I've been hanging on this dude's uh, coattails for 15 years. So, and ditto, man. I want to see the feature. <laughs> I want to see what's next. Um, uh, cool. We can talk about it after we go off the air. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so the Unearth movie is. Um, it's usually uh, Unearth Movie for like Facebook and Instagram. On Twitter, it's the Unearth Movie, and then we're Lions Den Productions is our production company. It's Lions with a Y, like my last name. Um, so yeah, if if you want to check out more about the film, unearthmovie.com up here on the screen. It's out on all the major platforms tomorrow, and uh, Lions Den Productions for the uh, overarching company. Yeah. Dude, we're excited. And John, if you need anything from us, dude, like we are, we, I mean, dude, it, it took 15 years for us to meet, but the <laughs> truth is like, like we ended up finding ourselves in parallel. I was past. so excited when you came walking in, like, <laughs> but you were like, in your oh element, you know, you had the actors there, you were doing a Q and a, like you, it was, I was like, Hey John, just uh love you, man. Hug. It was you just know. cool to see like humans, you know, like, yeah, that, that was a, it was a weird thing, like doing a Q and a and masks. And I don't know if you remember Jonathan, but somebody ran out. I think it was the screening you were at. Were you at the mm -hmm. first or the second? Screen? I was at the first. Yeah. The one in the one in North Hollywood, the person that puked on the wall that ran out of the, did you see that? Yes. No, I didn't see the puking. What I did see when I was leaving the theater was the poor Lemley employee yes. was shaking the pat she had to shake the powder onto the vomit. Yeah, it was bad. To do it. You know what? No, it's it goes back. We were talking about Hitchcock earlier. He's the same dude who'd be like putting the stretchers in the theater to tell people or like to have nurses on duty and be like, oh, this movie's so scary. John, You're gonna get confusing sick. Hitchcock yes, for I am. William Castle. I am. I am. <laughs> I am. Only one of them was played by John Goodman. I very oh, much God. am. What um, a masterpiece matinee is. Yeah. John Goodman played go William Castle. Yeah, go see matinee. John Goodman plays William Castle, who would do things like put buzzers under the seats and things like that. But I, I, I thought, I, you know what? This was in all honesty, vomit. John, I, I thought you hired somebody to be like, Are you going to promote that on the, the movie? You got to so say it. horrifying. I mean, Someone you vomited it. during a screening. I, yeah, I mean, I don't know how you felt, Jonathan, but that was the first time I had seen it in a theater, too, with the sound. And really, like, it is it is intense. It gets really there's a intense. Sequence in the movie that, there's a sequence in the movie that made me ill, but yeah. it didn't make me want to puke. I mean, it takes a lot to make me puke, man. I've been, I'm dead inside. But 
there's stuff in the in the movie Geekscape is like they're drinking water from a fracking well. Uh, their insides aren't going to stay healthy forever, and that's part of the horror. Um, and happen. I don't want to yeah, I don't, don't want to spoil stuff for you, Geekscapists. But I like kind of what happens um, as far as the horror goes. Um, it made me ill. That was the first image that popped into my head, the that scene. And it's I think mm-hmm. it's probably the scene that the person ran out and vomited on. Um I, yeah, to I me that's a, the vomit man. That what said everything story. about the film was that image. Kind of what, what I wanted to say. <laughs> what an what an endorsement that somebody ran out of your movie and puked all over the side of the wall. I had forgotten about that. Like we were but so that... happy, like Adrian and Allison and Brooke and I were like, Oh my God, that's so amazing. And then we saw the Lemley employees and they're like, screw you guys. Yeah. That woman was shaking the powder onto like, the vomit oh. to make it. <laughs> John, um, thank you so much for being on the show, dude. Uh, is, go support uh, Unearth. It's uh that's it. Unearthmovie.com. That's where you can watch the trailer and then look on all your VODs and all this stuff and watch the movie. I think you'll like it. Um, but yeah, John, thank you so much, dude. And thank the you. Lion's Den Productions. Look him up. He's your friend. Uh, nice to Matt. meet you, Matt. Nice to meet you, John. Yeah, fellow other, PA other John enthusiasts. I've been dealing with for 15 years. So. Good to hear all the all the deaths out there in East Town have, have relaxed a little yeah, bit. No, to... so I'm, I'm holding it down. I'm the Matt of East Town. Don't worry about it. Yeah. <laughs> um, Geekscape, so we're going to be back next week with the Geekscape 600. Um, it's going to be fun. It's going to be a lot of fun. We're putting the whole thing together as a multiple podcast stream. So like a rock show, there's going to be openers and then the Geekscape 600. Uh, but before we get our... Geekscape gives. Yeah, we're going to be starting that. a blood drive. We're going to start a blood drive for a month in memory of our friend Chris Ellis. Um, and we're going to use the Geekscape gives hashtag so that you all go out and get selfies of yourself giving blood. And uh, we have a little video that we made. There's all sorts of stuff happening next week. It's going to be a lot of fun. So subscribe, find us on all your favorite podcatchers, and uh, we'll catch you all next week um for matt and john peace and don't hate create you're listening to the geekscape network 